How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the 30 Minute Misconduct Podcast. My name is Taylor Raglan, and it's everybody's favorite time. It's time to find out if Billy LeRoy is done bumbling over there. Oh, man, you brought that up pretty early. I brought it up off the top. Off the top, I brought it up. Off the top rope from the get-go. Let's talk about Bumble. Well, I unfortunately, for those of you that are wondering why Taylor's bringing this up, he asked me if I was ready to start recording, and I said, no, I'm looking through my Bumble account. And he was like, what is Bumble? I don't even know what you kids are doing these days. I don't even know what Bumble <laughs> is. Bumble, as far as I'm concerned, is the abominable snowman from Rudolph. Not all of us have the luxury of still dating their high school sweetheart. What? Bumble got you flustered over there. <laughs> Some of us... Are we swiping left or right or are we double tapping? What are we doing on Bumble? Well, you know, all these different apps are very interesting because Bumble is one where you swipe right. Wait, 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 wait. All these different apps. How many apps? How many apps do you have? I've got... I think I have three in the lineup right now. I've got Bumble... Hinge, and Coffee Meets Bagel. Pardon? <laughs> I'm not even sure why I'm admitting this to Pardon our me? small audience. Did you say Coffee Meets Bagel? <laughs> yeah, that one's one of the... It's I would consider it a lower tier account for me just because <laughs> it's it's just weird. Are you coffee or bagel? I don't know what that... I, I don't even know what it means. I'm not sure why it's... I think it just has to do with you're supposed to meet up with somebody and go get coffee or go get bagels i guess i don't know <laughs> those, those are your only two options but yeah i was checking through my my uh all my notifications there you know i get a lot of likes and a lot of swipe rights each day that i gotta filter through wow man what a life <laughs> what a life where we can't even start recording our podcast because you have what, what do, you, do you call them bumbles i don't I, i'm not familiar i am hashtag unfamiliar let me say that I'm not proud of it. But you know what I am proud of? That's another good segue. Smooth. I'm proud of last night's 4-2 to victory over the LA Kings. The first complete effort, complete 60-minute effort from your Dallas Stars. The depth is here. It's raining depth. Hallelujah. It's raining depth. That was a smooth segue. I, I suppose <laughs> because of the quality of your segue... We can, we can let the Bumble conversation die. But I'm not happy about it. I will be inquiring further uh, the next time I see you in person um, about your rotation of dating apps and, and their varying degrees of success. But sure, we can, we can actually move on to uh, discussing a hockey game if you really want to. Like I said, I'm not proud of it, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. That's true. The stars need a dating app. What if... What if that would be like your ideal world. What if you just had a stars dating app where you could guarantee that all the things you look for in a woman, stars fan, dog hater, which for those of you who don't know at home, Billy hates dogs because he's not a human. He's not a, he's not a, a regular human being. Um, plain, Come on now. We're not, we're not trying to alienate our audience and make them hate Plain me. eater um, and kiss fan. This is the top four. Dog hater, kiss fan, plain eater, stars fan. Right? Can you can you imagine if they had a dating app specifically for Stars fans? Because that really would help me out. Because it's kind of hard to find somebody when you're someone like me who is completely obsessed with the Stars, and you walk through my room and it's all Star stuff. And the girl is like, you know, are you coming over for my birthday? And I'm like, 
there's a game on your birthday. And nobody understands that unless you're a passionate fan. See, my life is kind of like the movie Fever Pitch, if you've seen it, if anybody out there has seen it. My life is the entire script of Fever Pitch, but replace the Red Sox with the stars. See, that's, you know, that's probably a problem. But, you know, it's, it's, it would solve a lot of your problems to be able to just find uh, a copy of yourself with an unnatural fear of canines um, and, and an, an unnatural desire to attend Stars games. Although, the, another topic of discussion that I'm going to shame you about on the podcast, you're not going to attend a Stars game at the American Airlines Center for like, for like weeks, man. What are we doing? Well, I'm in a tough stage in life right now where I'm moving out. I'm, spend, moving I'm, spend, I'm spending too much time on Bumble right now. <laughs> I just, I ain't got no time for other things. It's all, it's coffee meets bagel all the time. No time. I don't, yeah. I just don't have time for Star Wars games anymore. No, but the, when it, it comes down to the fact that one, I'm moving out, I'm moving into an expensive apartment. I can't be wasting money on Star Wars games right now. And on top of that, I, I was tweeting many exchanges about this last night. Watching a game at home is amazing. In the comfort of your own home, you can pause, you can rewind, you can put your feet up, you can put your slippers on. You can eat a there's bowl of nobody, ice cream. I saw your tweet. There's nobody waiting in line for the bathroom. I can sit there and have my ice cream. I can I can do whatever I want. There's can nobody see, around me. Can you, can you live the dream and see the TV from the toilet? With the ice cream. That sounds like... No. And Bumble at the same time. Throwing a Bumble. No. Unfortunately, I can't do that. But people were commenting on my pictures of the bathroom. And they are wondering why in my bathroom is there a hashtag wash your hands sign on the wall. <laughs> you would think that and, you wouldn't need that. But I guess you do. I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a helpful reminder. Just like the one above it that says hashtag brush your teeth. I, That's just art. You know, you have to respect art. I figured you'd have one. Hashtag everybody ropes, everybody rides. You were a big fan of that slogan back in the day. And then I brought it back for the tweet of the three of us riding on the the uh, carousel at Six Flags. Yes, that was uh, it was an interesting tweet to behold. But Anyway, we, we've had enough talking about my strange life. People don't need to hear about my strange life anymore. You don't want people to know more about your, your illustrious bachelor lifestyle that you lead? No, I think they they really just got a unique inside look at something I never thought would be shared on this podcast. Yeah, well, it's episode 11. All Hey, all stops have been removed. It's all uh, be, no holds barred from here we on We gotta out. be transparent. Got to be transparent with our listeners, just like when they found out that you went to a Taylor Swift concert instead of a Star Wars game. I did. You know why? Because it was my uh, my girlfriend's delayed birthday present, and I'm a good person. And also, I like dogs. Got- also, I like dogs, just to throw that out there. So it seems like, in the category of normal human activity, you know, I got a couple more tally marks than you. But you do have you do have coffee meets bagel. I mean, come on. I guess, though... I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's actually get to the point of this entire podcast since we've spent almost 10 minutes probably at this point, who knows, talking about your uh, your personal life and your uh, your fear of dogs and, and all the other things that you thought you'd never share with the, uh, the adoring public, but here we are. So, stars, last night, 4-2 to two, over a struggling uh, Los Angeles Kings team. 
Um, seven in a row, six in a row, six in a row for them, right? No, the, last night was five in a row. Wow. It, well, I guess it just seems worse than it is then. But in any case, it's it's bad. Uh, it's bad news out in La La Land for them. Uh, continues to uh, they continue to search for answers. The the stars afforded them none. Uh, took no prisoners in a four to two um, beatdown of the Los Angeles Kings. That I think, and th- this was another thing that we were talking about before we started recording. Um, in addition to your uh, your online dating habits, was this game and the result. Hold on to something. Sit down if you're standing. I'm more excited about the Stars' result last night and the overall play of of the the guys up and down the roster than I was when Dallas beat Winnipeg in the second game of the season. And when I hear that, I disagree. The difference, at the very minimum, is the fact that the Winnipeg game was a top-line performance, and tonight, or last night, we finally had some depth scoring that spread itself out across the game. But why don't you explain to us why you think it was better? Because when I look at it, you know, I, I like to keep an unbiased perspective, and last night's game was amazing. Big 4-2 to win, saw some depth scoring, everybody played their role, Bishop was great. But you have to, you know, check yourself and realize that you're playing the LA Kings who have lost five in a row, many of those being blowouts. So what makes you think that beating a terrible LA Kings team is better than beating a pretty good Winnipeg Jets team? Well, for one, I don't, I don't want to use the word better because it wasn't, it, it wasn't a better performance. I won't go that far. I'm not... I'm not insane enough or, um, you know, Skip Bayless enough, I guess, to, uh, to invoke a, a popular talking head that, that uh, evokes some controversy in his own right. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not just going to come on here and, and for shock value say that the Stars played better because I don't think they did. I mean, the, the game against Winnipeg, the 5-1 win, second game of the season, Saturday night home game, that was nearly perfect, honestly. I mean, it was a, it was a nearly perfect effort. And, and I don't think that the Stars played a better game. And, and I even disagree. You said something about, you know, a complete 60 minutes for the first time. I think that was a pretty complete 60 minutes. But regardless, and regardless of, of how bad L.A. is right now, the reason I say that I'm more excited about the performance last night, you know, against the Kings, and, and I honestly don't believe that this is my bias. I mean, I... I clearly a stars fan i grew up a stars fan but you know my profession is sports journalism and and i'm i'm used to evaluating things in a, a more objective way and kind of taking a step back and even doing that i came to the same conclusion because for me the performance that the stars rolled out last night was so much more realistic and repeatable than the one they did against winnipeg that's where i think my excitement comes from i think it comes from the fact that the way they went about that hockey game and the way that they won that hockey game, um, despite some ugly moments and, and some, some, some negative trends as well, I, I think that the way they went about their business was much more indicative of how this team is going to win hockey games uh, more often than not. And, and I say that because there's a couple factors. One, Ben Bishop was great, and I think that he's still at a point in his career where that's going to be true more often than not. I think he's going to continue to bail the Stars out of a lot of things. 
Um, and, and last night, I don't know how much, I mean, he did some bailing out, especially on a, a pretty huge save in the third period. Um, but I, I just think that he's still at a point in his career where he can be the star's best player a lot of the time. And the other couple of things are, I think last night and, and the positive effort really started with a commitment up and down the lineup to to the kind of defense that Jim Montgomery wants the team to play. I think they were good on the puck. I think they were good in the middle of their own zone. I think they were aggressive. I think that everybody appeared to be bought in um, to the kind of style that Jim Montgomery wants to play. Uh, and I think they executed well. And the kinds of goals they scored, which I'll, I'll pause to add a little addendum here that, that this was the game I've been waiting for to kind of vindicate some things that I've said on this podcast as far as you know, this this roster having the depth that it needs and that the guys down the lineup behind Ben Sagan and Radulov have the talent and the nose for the net that it's going to take to produce nights like these. Some nights Ben Sagan and Radulov are just going to be good enough. You know, that's been proven already through the first seven games. Some nights they're just good enough. But this this roster, I think, was composed in such a way that it was very unrealistic to expect the lack of production from down the lineup to continue. And last night, specifically from Spezza, who's had a great year so far, from Blake Como, who I think has been good, from Jason Dickinson, who I think is one of the star's unsung heroes and and whose game I absolutely have loved this season, Um, from up and down, from Pitlick, from how does he wait until he's a guy that, you know, even though he's down the lineup, you know, why does it take him eight games to score a goal the way he's been playing? It's, it's, it's things that just felt inevitable. And I think that to kind of round out my point, the reason that I'm so excited about the effort last night, despite the ugly goals against on stretch passes and in transition and, and, and how bad those looked, um, despite kind of going into a shell in the third period with the lead after the Pitlick goal, um, despite some, some moments where the system wasn't executed to perfection, despite all of the flaws... I think that that effort, that defensive effort, that depth scoring, the kinds of goals the Stars got by going to the tough areas, that all is so realistic for this team and this roster and the way it's composed. It's so much more repeatable than playing a perfect game and beating Winnipeg 5-1. to one. That's, I don't think that's a repeatable effort for this roster. And the fact that, that you can say that that effort is realistic and repeatable and that it will win a hockey game more often than not, because I believe that's true. I believe the Stars play like they did last night. They win more often than not, which I think is a good expression of how good I think this team is. I think they win more often than not. I don't think they're dominant like they were against Winnipeg. I just don't think that roster is there yet outside of the top three. But that's that's kind of in a nutshell why I got so excited is because I feel like that effort last night was so much more realistic, repeatable, and indicative of how the Stars are going to go about winning the majority of the games they win this year. The Tyler Pitlick storyline is really interesting to me because of the way he got into the first line last night. Jim Montgomery asked Sagan and Ben who they wanted to be paired with, and they chose Pitlick. And Pitlick is one of those guys that I've liked since day one. Over the summer when he was participating in those, I don't even know what kind of leagues they are, or just summer leagues, all I saw on Twitter were videos of him scoring a bunch of goals. And I've known that he has the capability to be a goal scorer. And what's interesting to me about his play last night is he wasn't brought to the top line to score. He's not going to be a 40-goal scorer. He was brought there to just pass the puck to Sagan and Ben, and he's the one that ends up scoring out of the three of them. And then you look at Jason Dickinson. 
he was a menace to society in the first period. High energy period. He was involved in several scoring chances. He was the architect of the Blake Como goal. He was getting hooked on as he went around the net, wrapped it around, and got it out to Como. And the only thing that he did wrong in that first period was he committed a penalty late in the first, but the Stars were able to kill it off. And then you look at Pitlick, and I mentioned how his role is just to set up Ben and Sagan. Look at Justin Dowling. Justin Dowling completely fulfilled his responsibilities in his first game of the season by generating a great rebound for Jason Spezza to knock in to make it two to nothing. And it was Dowling's third point of his career. His first game, his first NHL game since 2017. So already in game one, he's creating scoring chances. And that's all we were asking for out of these depth players. Just generate some scoring chances and goals in any way you have to. You mentioned how this is the kind of mentality that these players need to have going forward. Typically, when you see a game in which the Stars have had 40-plus shots, they're low-energy shots from the blue line, hoping that it's going to create a scoring chance. But in last night's game, you saw several goals that weren't that pretty, but they were a direct result of driving towards the net, having bodies in front of the net, having Pitt look there in front of the net on the power play to score in the third period. And then the other thing that stood out to me is Jason Spezza overall over these last you know, last week, week and a half. The entire season, he had, really. He only had 26 points last season, and he's already got seven this season. He's already a fourth of the way to his eight goals from last season. Imagine where this team could have been last season if we had the Jason Spezza that we're getting so far this season. Yeah, and, and I think that's pretty indicative for him of – and and we kind of alluded to this, you know, in one of our conversations off air earlier that, you know, I, I think he's even said as much. He feels like he's got a staff behind the bench and a head coach behind the bench that that believes he's still good enough, that believes he still has something left in the tank, that believes he can still be very competitive and, and very productive at the NHL level. Whereas I really don't think um, Ken Hitchcock thought that. I don't I don't think he did. Last season I really don't think I thought Ken Hitchcock thought, you know, Jason Spezza was was washed and and was done and and had essentially nothing left. And there's not a lot you can do with him, um, with his contract and and his status and and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I I think that that Spezza's really benefiting for, from some newfound confidence, um, and, and that works both ways. You know, that's that's a two way street. It's confidence in his own ability. You know, the the six inches between his own ears. Um, but it's it's seeing someone else acknowledge that and, and kind of feed off that and, and feel that as well and, and trust in that. And I really think that, that Montgomery has done that. But I want to go back to the Como goal, too, because for me, you know, when you think of depth scoring, it's not, and I, I think this is pretty self-explanatory, but it's not the kinds of goals that, that Tyler Sagan scores. You know, you don't expect Tyler Pitlick, although he has skill, certainly, and and you know, a lot of the guys on the Stars, you know, bottom nine, if you will, under underneath the big three, have skill. You know, they're, they're still NHL caliber players that can pull something out of their hat and, and, and have a highlight real goal. But that's not what you really want, and that's not what you mean by depth scoring. What you mean is literally the kind of goal that, that Como scored last night. It's, it's Dickinson who, as I mentioned, I've really loved earlier this year. I think he's he's heavy on pucks and in kind of a sneaky way. He's kind of sneaky physical, sneaky big, um, and and he goes to the tough areas, man. He 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 collected that puck 
in a tough area last night, goes around the net, and then has the vision to find Como and make something happen. And, and that all happens because, one, he's in a tough area, and he's heavy on the puck, and he's, you know, looking to make a play. But, two, Como's also in a good area, you know, standing, you know, in between the faceoff dots, right outside the crease with a, in a really high percentage area. And, and that's where, you know, your, your bottom nine guys, as I said, that's where their goals come from. You know, they come from those high percentage dirty areas from being heavy on pucks and, and, and being relentless, like Jim Montgomery says so often. You know, it's, it's a cliche, but it's true. I mean, that's the kinds of goals that, that are quote-unquote not pretty are, are the kinds of goals that you earn with play that isn't pretty. You know, it, it's not pretty to go in the corner and win a 50-50 battle and, and take it behind the net and, and get it to a tough area and, and get it to your teammate and and be hard on rebounds. And those aren't pretty things, but those are the kinds of things that generate scoring down the lineup, you know, outside of guys like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov that just have, you know, the God-given ability to put the puck in the net at, at, at high levels and, and with elite skill. Your comment reminds me of the Toronto game where Toronto had two goals that were scored directly off of beating the Stars to an icing call and then creating a goal out of that. So exactly like that. You could have just sat back and had the icing and called it a day, but the Maple Leafs generated two goals off of that. And Blake Como is one of those guys that I think a lot of us were ready to write off just seven, now it's been eight games into the season, just because he hasn't been doing much at all up to this point. But you're the guy that talks us off the ledge and is screaming, patience, let this team get together, give it 20, 25 games. And Blake Como may be a great example of that with his effort last night. In addition to his goal in the first period, he had a breakaway in the second period that he almost scored on if it weren't for a quick saving it with his collarbone. And then he nearly scored during the 4-4 four four at the end of the second period because the puck magically landed on his stick in the slot and he shot it wide. And then he also drew a high-sticking call to create a 4-on-3 power play. The only thing that he did negative in my head last night was he missed the empty net. He had a great chance from center ice for an empty netter. But Blake Como was another example of a guy that is going to be a huge part of this offensive effort going forward that finally did something last night. Yeah, and I think the other aspect of of what excited me about last night was you know, that's a game that, that travels well, if that makes sense. You know, in baseball, you always talk about, you know, good hitters, good hitting can travel, and 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 good pitching can travel well. And, and you know, guys that are elite athletes um, obviously have success kind of no matter where they are, but guys up and down the lineup in any sport, the way that you're successful away from home, the way that you're successful on long road trips, which the Stars have not been, um, really to any extent since, you know, over the, the past couple of years on the whole, I think, but especially, you know, some some bad memories uh, bleeding over into this season from, from the close to last year and, and missing the postseason. You know, those are the kinds of things that you have to find a way to pack up and take on the road. Because on the road, there's going to be nights where, you know, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Alexander Radulov are just good enough, just like there are nights at home where they're just good enough. Sometimes your your best players are just better than the other teams and, and you, you win a hockey game that way. But the things that have to engender prolonged success on the road are the little things, the attention to detail, the 
the willingness to win those 50-50 battles on the second night of a back-to-back, the willingness to go to the tough areas when you've had four games in six days on the road, the willingness to, you know, play your 11 minutes, if that's all you get any given night, to the best of your ability, which is, you know, something that a guy like Dowling, who's been around um, the AHL forever and just finally got his 10th uh, NHL game last night, that was his 10th game of his career, but he's been with the Texas Stars for, I think, like seven years or something like that. So those are the kinds of things that guys like that understand. Those are the things that, that, that brick by brick kind of build the foundation of a winning team. It's not the flashiness, especially away from your home barn, especially on the road. It's not the flashiness and the elite skill that's going to give you the kind of road record you want over the course of you know 41 games away from home. It's, it's those little things and and i and i truly believe that jim montgomery has a system and and has a roster that that fits that system has some personnel that fit within that system in in a positive way and that it all can combine to be productive on the road because of the way it's set up and because of the attention to the little things if the stars can do that i think that's the recipe for turning around some of those road woes and and figuring it out a little bit away from home because home certainly hasn't been the struggle so far I mean clearly home has not been the issue I mean they've won what four of six at home now is that right something like that five of six six. I don't even remember something I think it is it five of six because they beat Arizona Winnipeg they lost Anaheim they've Toronto and yeah they've played yeah they've played six home games and I believe they're five and one. No, they lost to Toronto. No. They lost to Toronto and they lost to Minnesota. Oh, front. yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm forgetting the Minnesota game. In any case, and I don't. They've I don't want to take home. anything. I don't want to take anything away from the win, but there's certainly things that they can improve upon from last night's effort. Oh, you absolutely. Look at the fact that yeah, both absolutely. of their both LA goals in the second period were created from breakaways due to bad line changes by the Stars which could be a byproduct of the fact that they're running 11 forwards and seven defensemen because the guys are getting paired up with different people all the time and things are constantly changing. So you had that to look at. And then you also have to consider the fact that L.A. is not one of the best teams right now. It was their fifth straight loss with a lot of those being blowouts. And then the other thing that stood out to me was that the Pitlick goal about four minutes into the third period was the final shot of the game for the Stars. And that's not something that Monty, want, Monty wants to see. I know he mentioned after the Wild game that when the Stars went up one nothing, he didn't like the fact that rather than trying to make it 2 nothing, they sat back and tried to win one nothing. And we saw that last night. The Stars were up 4-2, to two, and after the Pitlick goal to make it 4-2, to two, they didn't put a single shot on net the rest of the game. And that's fine when you're playing a team like L.A. that's struggling right now. But if you're playing the Nashville Predators last night, if you do that and have no offense the rest of the game, pretty quickly it's going to become 4-4. Four to four. Yeah, and I think it's even less about use the word offense. I think it's even less about that, and I think it's just about the way they go about their business. You know what I mean? I think that in in a system like Montgomery's that is designed to be, you know, aggressive on the forecheck, heavy on the puck, quick and 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 physical um, and good in transition, that's a system that offense is almost a byproduct of the attention to those things. You know what I mean? It, it's not necessarily a, um, you know, the way it felt under Lindy Ruff at times where it was just pedal to the metal, let's go score all the time. You know, it's it's a blend of, of, of offensive creativity 
um, and skill and a willingness to do that with some defensive responsibility um, that boils down to, you know, the word he uses all the time is, is being relentless. It boils down to that. And I think it, less than creating offense, you know, it, it's, it's, it's easy to point toward not creating offense as, as the byproduct of going into a little bit of a shell. But I think even if you don't get quality scoring chances from a certain point when you're protecting the lead or you don't score again or you don't have, you know, some, some really good looks at it, I don't think that's necessarily the end all be all. I think the problem that I had with last night and the problem that Monty had is because is is getting away from that kind of effort and that relentless effort that clearly you've already shown on the same night. You know, you kind of shell up and get afraid to be the same player and be the same um, or, or play with the same level of aggressiveness. And I think that's where it starts. It's not necessarily about the results or the production dropping as much as it is about the overall approach uh, shifting from something that that can create offense as a byproduct to um, you know kind of just turtling in your own zone and and playing not to lose instead of just playing your game. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, especially when you consider all the good things that happened last night. But I like to view things from an unbiased perspective and analyze both the good and the bad. I don't like when you know, the front office stuff is just all positive. And that was the whole point of this podcast is you want to look at it from an unbiased perspective. And when the stars need to be called out, we're going to call them out. But the only other negative thing that I could think of from last night is the fact that we're all excited that we got some depth scoring last night. But where has the top line been over the last week and a half? Ben hasn't scored since the Ducks game, which that was four games ago. And Sagan hasn't scored since the Toronto game, which was five games ago. So now we've got all these other guys on the roster that are starting to score some goals. But where has the top line been? Well, nobody was scoring on, on that road trip, to be fair. That was a, uh, a total, fail, uh, total failure, I guess, is, is probably the best way to put those two games and, and kind of box those away. But, I mean, sure, I, I, you can take issue with that, I guess, if you want. And, and it kind of it goes back to my point. I don't think last night's game was in any way a better played game than uh, than the win over Winnipeg. That's that would be crazy to say because that Winnipeg game was uh, nearly perfect. As I said, it was it was almost a completely perfect effort. I think and and pretty much was as perfect as a team can be. Um, but you know, at the, at the same time, it, it doesn't concern me as much. Um, one, the fact that Radulov is is dealing with an injury and may not even be back for the Anaheim game at this point, which, you know, it's 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 an excuse to see more of Justin Dowling and potentially go 11-7 again. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where Nachushkin's at too, but it sounds like both of them may be out again. Um, so that that could have something to do with it. Uh, obviously, you know, you add Radulov to Ben and Sagan, and you get a mixture that's a lot more volatile and a lot more skillful and, and a lot more explosive than even Ben and Sagan on their own, just because there's so many threats from so many different directions. But... At the same time, I would be more concerned, um, you know, if if last night's game hadn't been so positive on the whole, uh, especially offensively. Like, I mean, you look at the Pitlick goal, you know, those guys were involved in that one. You know, you look at, at the scoring chances the Stars had, you look at the way they played the game, you know, some nights they just don't go in. You know what I mean? A game like last night doesn't concern me nearly as much as that road trip did, if that makes sense. So... If the Stars go through another stretch of three or four games like the road trip where nothing's being generated, 
you know, then then maybe you start to to panic a little bit. But as far as is an effort like last night, it's it's more about it's kind of it kind of goes back to what I was saying about, you know, going into a shell. It's not so much about the fact that you don't score. It's the fact that you get away from your identity. And and I think that when the stars are good this season or, or when they have the potential to be good, um, it's because they're committed to that identity of relentless effort, go to the hard areas, be tough on the puck, um, you know, don't be afraid to work, be relentless, all this, all these things, all these things that, that Monty says, um, they're cliche, but they're true. And, and when the stars have those going, the goals are going to come and, and night in and night out, it may be from different players, but the goals are going to come. And, and I think that I, I don't worry nearly as much about a lack of scoring from the top line after a game like last night because it could have just as easily been Jamie Benn or Tyler Sagan. I mean, especially on the Pitlick goal, Jamie Benn's right there whacking away too. It just falls to Pitlick who puts it home. So it's 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 more to me about the overall effort and the overall offensive identity and the way they approach uh, the entire game uh, than it is about, you know, well, Sagan hasn't found the score sheet in, in three or four games. Well, yeah, and let me step off my soapbox for a second and say that when you've had a 4-2 to win last night and you've got guys like Tyler Pitlick and Blake Como scoring, I don't think any of us have anything to worry about as far as where, is the, where are the goals coming from. And then the other good bit of positive news is that Stephen Johns is targeting Sunday in Detroit as his return, and which will allow me to segue into our next topic, which is our next episode on Sunday, which is another two-goal game to break down. We'll have Thursday's game against Anaheim to talk about, and then Sunday's game against Detroit. And it'll be, I'm looking forward to seeing what you mentioned about how last road trip, nothing happened. They spent all that money, all that time and effort into planning the traveling of getting all those players into New Jersey and Ottawa, and nothing happened. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond in Detroit against a really bad Red Wings team and see if they're able to get their first win on the road on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of correct some of the things that are <laughs> that are wrong on the road because you you have Detroit you have the Canadians uh, who you know people think are going to be down a little bit um, and then you have a couple days I believe before you go to you have at least a day in between all these games so you got Detroit you got Montreal then you have a big road test um, at Toronto and then you have another big road test at Washington and another one at Boston so they get eased into this road trip a little bit uh, but then it's going to pick up a lot from there. And it and I think that's really going to be telling as to, you know, how complete the Stars game really is at this stage of the season, um, how ready they are to, you know, pack up this this system uh, and this kind of approach and, and take it on the road and, and find success with it. Um, so we'll see. Uh, they, they have the one home game left uh, tomorrow against Anaheim, a team they usually play very well at home. I've already beaten them once at home this season. Uh, and then, yeah, they go on the road for, man, an extended period of time. I think it's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games on the road uh, before they come back November 8th. So going to be telling, man, going to be going to be very telling uh, as to where this team's actually at here in the uh, the first quarter of the season, for sure. It's going to give me a lot of time to swipe right and <laughs> go on. It's going to give you a lot, online... of, a lot of bumbling and, and bagel coffeeing time. I guess yep. so. 
Well, with that being said, I've got some swiping that I need to go do. So I got hopefully none of my Bumble matches listen to this podcast. Or maybe they do. Maybe that's your. Uh, maybe that's your in. Hey, I got a podcast. Yeah, maybe I'm you a heard. Podcaster. Maybe you heard about me on my podcast. Wink, wink. I might have to add that to my Bumble bio. Man, you know what'd be fun is if you could read through my bio. We should. We should break down my bio. On my dating apps on one of these episodes. <laughs> you've I'm gone, sure people would you've love gone from that. I didn't want to ever share this with people to why don't we just read my bio on air. Well, maybe I need some help. Maybe I need some uh, some copywriting help to figure out how to get me to not have to be on Bumble and Hinge and Coffee Meets Bagel. Hinge. Man, it's there's a lot going on with those uh, dating app names. It sounds pathetic, and it really is, to be honest there's with you. There's a lot you. happening. Well, I suppose with that, we will let you go Bumble. Um, we will let you go do your thing. Maybe we will call an emergency episode uh, one of these days See, uh, just to get some, uh, some outside help, let's call it. Uh, some outside coaching for your, uh, for your dating profiles. But for this episode of the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast, I think that's going to do it. We really appreciate you guys tagging along once again. Uh, I will be out at the game tomorrow. Uh, Billy will be watching from his, uh, his home suite, I believe. Uh, and then we will also have the game on Detroit. Uh, on Sunday at Detroit, I should say, to talk about for Sunday's episode. Uh, But until then, you guys take care. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you at the game tomorrow, um, and we will talk to you guys soon.